series captivated captivated can you say captivated one definition for the word captivate is this we might have some others but this one was from the Cambridge dictionary it said to hold the attention of someone by ex being extremely interesting exciting pleasant or attractive it's like when you come to church on Sunday and I'm preaching it's like that okay that's kind of the definition. I read it right there. <laughs> Second Corinthians chapter 10. Second Corinthians chapter 10, verse 3 through 5. Uh, reading in the New King James, it says, For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war according to the flesh. The weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God for pulling down strongholds. Casting down arguments. Do you ever have an argument? Do you ever have an argument right in your head? Sometimes you think of arguments, you think of two people verbally duking it out. Most arguments take place between your ears. Okay? Casting down arguments in every high thing, high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. Bringing every thought, can you say every thought? Every thought into captivity. Every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. You see, if you didn't know this, and if you did, same thing, we're in a battle. Okay? We're in a battle every day we get up. Okay? No, I'm having a good day. Well, enjoy that day. But know this, you're still in a battle and don't let your guard down. I'm telling you what, the devil is going wild. And I, I don't, I, I'm being careful. I'm not giving him too much credit, but I'm just observing. Just because he's going wild doesn't mean I need to be going wild. Doesn't mean I need to change at all, except I'm going to be on my guard and I'm not going to allow him access. See, the Bible says this, and it's not on the screen, but it says in James 4, 7, it says, resist the devil and he'll flee from you. And, and I heard one man say this, you are the understood subject of that sentence. Some people are waiting for, you know, God to resist the devil. Well, he already did that. Some people are waiting for their pastor to resist the devil. Well, you see, when you're going through life, you're going through the challenges, and when you're going through the battle, it's good to have other people with you and standing with you. Don't get me wrong. But what you do is so important. What you do in the fight makes a difference. You need to stand up, whatever it is you're facing, and resist the devil. Resist the devil. Submit to God and resist the devil. Resist the devil. Uh, Ephesians 6.12, it says this. It says, we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in heavenly places. So again, the battle we're in is not a natural battle. 
You see, I think that's part of the strategy of the devil, is to get our eyes again on the wrong thing, to get our eyes on the wrong people, because it's not a people battle that we're in. You see, it's a spiritual fight. It's a spiritual fight, and, and, and you know, uh, it's real. And if I don't tell you in church, where are you ever going to hear it, okay? So you have to talk about these things. You need to know. You know, it'd, it'd be so weird to be in a battle and not even know it. The truth is, you'd get whooped, okay? Before you even get out of bed, you'd get whooped. But we're not ignorant. We're not ignorant of the devil. We don't focus on him, and we're not putting our eyes on him. See, the key to this whole thing is to get our eyes on Jesus, to keep them fixed where they belong. You know? Yeah. 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 Good amen. Let's see. Are the people online amening? Yeah. Go, Renee. Yeah. She gave a good amen and a Jesus right there. Appreciate it. Go. Go. Yeah. Keep the preacher happy. Preacher. Yeah. Saying all that good stuff. Yeah. All right. Let me read the Passion Translation of 2 Corinthians 10. You see, before I read that, I'll just say this. A major strategy of the devil in this warfare that we're in is something that's called thought warfare. Thought warfare. And again, what are we talking about today? What's captivating you? What are you captivated by? Well, there's, there's good things to be captivated by, and there's also bad things to be captivated by, okay? We want to be captivated by the Word of God. We want to be captivated by what Jesus did for us. You know, I, 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 take, I purposely take time every day to just think about what Jesus did for me, usually more than once, and I just fix my eyes on it. Sometimes I'm busy. Sometimes I don't want to stop and think about him, but I make myself do that. I make myself say, Jesus paid the price for me. He took my sickness. He took my sin. He became that so I could be free. What am I doing? Well, I'm looking at the serpent on the pole. I'm looking, I'm doing just what God instructed Moses. I'm doing just what a New Testament believer does as he looks at Jesus. All right. Um, 2 Corinthians 10 and 3 and 5, through 5 in the Passion, it says this, For although we live in the natural realm, we don't wage a military campaign employing human weapons using manipulation to achieve our aims. Instead, our spiritual weapons are energized with divine power to effectively dismantle the defenses behind which people hide. We can demolish every deceptive fantasy that opposes God and break through every arrogant attitude that's raised up in defiance of the true knowledge of God. We capture like prisoners of war every thought and insist that it bow in obedience to the anointed one. So are you captivated by truth today? Or are you held captive by wrong thinking? You see, wrong thinking, it knocks on everybody's brain. Did you hear me? You can be the best person around, and I'm telling you, wrong thoughts will try to knock on your door, gain entry into your head, just captivate your mind, and we've just got to be on the alert. We've got to be, you know, standing on our tiptoes going, 
I, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna think that way you know it'll try to come into your head so innocently it'll almost, it'll come to you and 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 it actually acts like it's it's your thought have you ever noticed that these these stinking thoughts will come and they'd come in the disguise that it's me thinking this way and I've got to say no 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 I'm not gonna I, I refuse to let my mind go down that trail I won't do it Romans 8 and 5 8 5 it says, those that live according to the flesh set their minds on things of the flesh. But those who live according to the Spirit, well, you could say it this way, they set their minds on the things of the Spirit. So as we're walking through life, we've got to constantly weigh the thoughts that are coming into our head and say, is that a fleshly thought? Or is that a spiritual thought? Is that a thought I want to allow in my head? Or is that one I need to just stand up and say, no, I'm not going to have that. You know, and, and, and just, just, I better say this before I get going too far, is you can't just stop thinking thoughts. You, you ever tried that? You know, if I said purple elephants right now, everybody, you know, you, you might think of a purple elephant in your mind. But if I said, now, stop thinking about purple elephants, you know what? It's very hard to quit once you started that. What you got to do is you got to replace it. You've got to replace it. And when bad thoughts, negative thoughts, thoughts that don't, you know, line up with Christ come into our head, we need to replace them with truth. With truth. Don't try to quit thinking bad thoughts. What you do is you decide, I'm thinking what's truth. Does that make sense? Well, you know, reading that verse in Romans 8, it tells me this, that I have the ability to set my mind. I can set my mind on fleshly things, or I can set my mind on spiritual things. Spiritual things meaning truth. Spiritual things meaning things that line up with Jesus, okay? Um, Dana used to say this, and I, I quote her all the time on this. She used to say, I have to cattle rope my mind, my thoughts. I have to cattle rope them. Now, have you ever been to a rodeo? If you live in Glenwood City, there's a rodeo every year. I don't know if they had it this year, but, but no, they didn't have it this year. But most years, they've had one. And as a kid, I remember going to a rodeo, and I was fascinated by all the, the animals that you'd see, the horses and the cows and the steers and all this stuff, and people riding things that are going crazy. And, you know, but then the cowboys would come out, and they'd, they'd cattle rope, usually little well, sometimes steers, but sometimes they'd cattle rope little calves, you know, little calves jumping around. And, and uh, they'd, they'd get a rope around them, and then they'd jump off their horse. And I've seen this. I've never done this. I know some of you are wondering if I, I do this on my spare time, but, but I don't do that. Betty might, but I don't do it. But in any case, I, 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 um, I've never done it, but I've seen it done. And they jump off the horse, and they run down there, and they, they tie that thing around the, 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 the feet so it can't even move. Sounds almost cruel, but, but when I think about it like this, that's what you've got to do to wrong thoughts. You've got to grab them things. You can't let them run around and jump around and frolic in your mind. This is spiritual teaching. Did you hear me? This is victory teaching. This is how you take the Word of God and live in victory. Sometimes... Fighting a spiritual battle 
Sometimes when you're doing these things, you don't even feel that spiritual. Be honest with you. You know, don't have this illusion that, yeah, I'm going to think the right thoughts and all of a sudden, yeah, woo, I'm going to feel like, nah, probably won't. Probably won't. You'll probably feel like a, like a dud, you know? You'll probably feel like, I don't know if that did any good or not. Let me tell you what, keep doing it. It does do good. I've noticed this, that, that just, just talking about prayer and healing, that, that there are times I've, I've prayed and laid hands on people, and there's been like instant results. Man, and I love when that happens. But more times, say more. This is me. This is my experience. I'm just being real with you. More times I've noticed this, that I lay hands on people and I pray for them. And I, have, I, I, I might feel even more anointed than the person that, that I prayed for and they got healed instantly, you know. But more times I, I pray for people and there's a delayed reaction. It seems. It seems like that. Why are you telling us this, Pastor? Well, one, it's just, again, it's the truth I've seen. And two, is you don't, let, you don't turn your switch of faith off. Do you hear me? You see, sometimes this is what's happened. You pray for people. I'll just use me as an example. I pray for someone. We'll just say they have a headache, okay? I'm making all this up. There's nobody in my mind I'm thinking about, but I just prayed for someone. They had a headache, and, and, and I, I, I get done praying, and man, I'm feeling, personally, I'm feeling really energized, like, yeah, who take that. And they say, well, you know, it actually got worse when you prayed for me. I must have, I must have done that to Monique once, I don't know. No. Anyway. <laughs> it happens. Let me tell you what you don't do then. You don't think, well, I guess it didn't work that time. No, you go back and you think about Jesus. You put your eyes on Jesus. I, I can tell you there's been many times I've had that happen. And maybe a day goes by or, or two days go by. And you say, well, any headache goes. Not, not always. People have had chronic headaches day after day. And a day or two goes by and they go, wow, all of a sudden it's just gone. It would almost seem natural. No. It's the power of God working. Even in Jesus' ministry, there's times it says that he laid hands on people and as they went, they were healed. There's times where he prayed for people and it said, and in the self-same hour, they were healed. I remember that. That word just came to me the other day. The self-same hour. I would never talk like that. You know? Self-same hour. That's just not a, a phrase I would use. But it came into my head, so I, I Googled it. Sometimes Google is okay, guys. Okay? I Googled it, and I found out that, that it was the story of the centurion. And it says that when Jesus prayed for the centurion servant, it said in the self-same hour he was healed. Do you know that? When I, I used to go to... Um, something they called healing school when I lived in Tulsa when I was a Bible school student. And when I went to healing school, I told them this at first thing the other day, but when I went to healing school, Kenneth Hagin was the teacher, okay? He taught it every, every day, Monday through Friday. 
And what he'd do is every every day it was it was very low. Um, there was no hoopla to it. There was no usually no worship, no praise and worship. We didn't come there for that. Not that believe me, I love praise and worship. I'm not knocking. I'm just telling you the reality. We'd usually just come in. We'd sit down. Maybe we'd sing an a cappella song. If Brother Hagen said that some days, most days he'd just get in there and he'd teach for an hour, and he'd teach on healing. Monday through Thursday, he wouldn't normally wouldn't even pray for anybody. Because his thinking was, we're building you up. And then typically on Friday, then he'd pray for everybody that was there. But what he would do almost, almost every day I went, we'd be leaving the room. We'd almost be out the door, at least me. And I'd hear him say this, keep your switch of faith turned on. Keep your switch of faith turned on. Some of you know that's a David Ingalls song. But that really came from Brother Hagen first. David Ingalls used to be the song director for Kenneth Hagen. Going way, way, way back. Probably in the 60s. And almost all the songs he wrote were based on things Brother Hagen preached. And I remember David Ingalls came to school when I was a student there. and Quite often actually. And he said he had to hang around a little more because he needed a few more songs. Anyway. <laughs> so keep your switch of faith turned on. Set your mind on things above. Set your mind on things of the Spirit. Set your mind on Jesus. Some people know just about enough of the Bible to, you know, they can get saved, but not enough to live in victory. You see, you need to take the Bible... And you need to apply it to your life. And probably the most practical thing you can do is start thinking thoughts that God has. Start thinking thoughts that the Bible says about you. Replace old thinking with Bible thinking. All right? Romans, or not Romans, John 8, 31 and 32. Are you out there this morning? You guys out there? All right. John Morrow, I see you. All right, good. Um, Jesus said this in John 8, 31 and 32. Let me just say this first. You know, just on that same line of thinking is, is keeping our eyes fixed on Jesus. Sometimes people miss it because they're feeling good. Boy, that sounded like it really went over. Listen to me, though, okay? Some of you will get this. Even feeling good in your own self isn't just the report you need to keep your eyes on. Because if feeling good is what you're keeping your eyes on, when you feel bad, where are you going? Keep your eyes on Jesus. He's the evidence. He's the evidence of your victory. All right, just threw it out there. John 8, 31 and 32. Jesus said to the Jews who believed him, if you abide in my word, then you're my, my disciples indeed. And you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. You see, you've got to have a filter in your mind, okay? You can't just think any thought that comes into your head. Talking to me. Let me tell you what. 
You don't, you don't, this is the kind of stuff you don't just arrive at. This is the kind of stuff you have to put into practice as long as you're here on planet Earth. Did you hear me? I, I know this stuff. I've preached this stuff for 40 years. It's in the doing that there's victory. Okay? It's when the hard times come, when everything isn't just going peachy keen, and you have to take this stuff and do it. Okay? But that's where victory is. Sometimes people don't think I go through any problems because I'm not a big reactor. <laughs> Part of that's just who I am. Okay? Me and, me and Harold Thompson, I've always said this about Harold. Harold, if you can see my finger right here, this is Harold getting excited. It's kind of how I am, too. If you see our fingers going, man, you know there's something big going on. <laughs> and then we're married to people, like he's married to Mary, who's like, she's like taking a bottle of pop and going, Shh, and opening it up, and it goes, Shh. and I'm married to Dana, who's, who's the same kind of way, really. And here we are. Yep, praise the Lord. <laughs> Got two fingers going, man. That's like running around the church counterclockwise doing a cartwheel in the foyer. <laughs> you got to run things through your head. All right. Can I, can I tell you this? What you think and what you say will determine the way your ship goes in a storm. Okay, what you think and what you say will determine the way your ship goes in a storm. Now, if you don't know this, you're the ship. And if you don't know this, life has storms. And what you think and what you say will determine how you navigate that storm. It can't, be that, it, it can't be that simple. Well, let me tell you something. If you've ever done this, you'll know right away it isn't always simple. Okay? You've been given something so powerful, it's called choice. And you get to choose what you think, and you get to choose what you say. And therein is your victory revealed. Okay? All right, well, I'm going to tell a story this morning. I'm going to read it from the Bible. But, but this is a story. Do you guys have, like, heroes in the Bible? Are there, like, people in the Bible you read about and you think in your mind they're just like a, they're like a champion? You know? I mean, like David. Wouldn't you say he's like a hero, like he's a champion? Or wouldn't you think Elisha is, is like that? I mean, I've always been an Elisha fan. You know, he's a champion, you know, and, 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 and that for that matter, so is Elijah, you know, the J or the Sha, either one, they're good. But here, this guy has always been a champion in my mind as well. And, and part of it might be because of the accolades that Jesus gave him, and I've noticed that, and, and, and it made him stand out. And, and part of him is it's just like, wow, I, I want to be like this guy. 
So who I'm talking about is, is he's found in Luke 7, at least one account here, is, is the, the centurion, okay? What I noticed as I was reading this week about him is as good as he was, it's revealed in the Bible. The, that's the thing about the Bible. It just tells us everything, you know? It exposes every area of life. And the people in the Bible, I mean, you know, they're people just like you and me. And the Bible talks about the good and the bad, just like it would if it was, you know, following us around. So this guy, what I noticed about him this week is that he had a mixture of thoughts. He had some good thoughts that, were in, that really were to his favor, but he had some bad thoughts as well. So are you with me okay here? We're talking about one of my heroes here. This makes him even more of a hero to me. It says, Jesus went with them, and when he was not far from, okay, this man, this centurion, this guy, he had sent some, some of his friends, some of his servants to go get Jesus. And it says, Jesus went with them, and when he was already not far from the house, this is Luke 7, 6 and 7, says, when he was not far from the house, <clears throat> the centurion sent friends to him, okay, and, and saying to him, Lord, do not trouble yourself, for I'm not worthy that you should enter under my roof. Therefore, I did not even think myself worthy to come to you, but say the word only and my servant will be healed. So, the good thoughts the centurion had was that Jesus was a man like himself who was under, you know, had authority. And the centurion understood this, that if Jesus just spoke the word, that, you know, there was power in that to be healed. But the Bible plainly reveals that the centurion had this image of himself that he was unworthy, so much so that he actually sent friends to Jesus instead of going himself to get Jesus. And I thought about this, I thought, how often is it easier to believe in somebody else's being worthy than it is for me to be worthy? I don't know, maybe that's just me. But, but I, I thought, well, that, apparently this is the case here. And, and I, I was thinking about this, and, and, and what gave me great hope was seeing this, that, that even when someone doesn't have everything together, even when someone has maybe some wrong thoughts in some area, like this whole thing about being worthy enough to go to Jesus and all this, even when someone has that, God can still break through. Even if you don't have everything all together, even if you've had a dumb thought come into your head, it doesn't mean it's over for you. God isn't out there trying to pick you apart and saying, well, you've got that thinking in your head. I'm not going to do nothing for you. God's out there looking for any way he can to get into your life and do good things in you if you'll let him. What a, what a different perspective. Some people look at him as being so hard and so cold, but I'll tell you what, he is good. He's not trying to get things from you. He's trying to get things to you. And this is how it was with the centurion. Um, another thing that I saw when I was reading it is, is here, this guy who is a, 
In my mind, he's a champion of faith. He's someone that Jesus marveled at, at the faith that he had. And, and what I saw in this is that I don't care who you are, there's room to grow. We can all come up higher. Now, I'm not picking on the centurion. Sometimes people think I pick on Peter because sometimes I tell stories about Peter. You need to know I love Peter. I love the centurion. All these people, though, the, the Bible exposes our humanity. And it gives us hope. It gives us hope. It says, hey, they can do it. We can do it. All right, let me read this in the Passion. The Passion says, Jesus started off with them, but on his way there was stopped by friends of the captain who gave this message. They said, Master, don't bother to come to me in person for I'm not good enough for you to enter into my home. I'm not worthy enough to even come out to meet one like you. But if you just release the manifestation of healing right where you are, wow, <laughs> I know my young servant will be healed. Isn't that amazing? I like the way he says that. If you just release the the, the manifestation of healing right where you are. Yeah. So, you know, maybe you don't have everything together in your head yet, but me either. Apparently this guy didn't either. Fix on the things you do have right, and God will work with you. God will work with you. I just want to take a few minutes this morning to just talk about some things to set our thinking straight uh, about God and about us and about our relationship with him. Is that Okay. This is how I keep my head straight. I go back and I look at what the Bible says about me. And I say, all right, even though I don't feel like that today, even though I see, seems like my shortcomings are magnified, I'm going to choose to think what God says about me. Let me read this first, 2 Corinthians 3 and 5. Here's a, here's a humdinger. It says, not that we're sufficient of ourselves to think anything is being from ourselves. Our sufficiency is from God. So as I talk about anything that we are in Christ, get this fact straight. We're not talking about how great we are. We're talking about how great he is in us. Okay? On our own, I'm telling you what, we can't get anything done. But through him and with him, we can stand strong through any storm life brings, okay? I don't have tremendous strength. I don't have any strength in me. But if I hold on to him, I can walk through this thing. You know, I've never been a big one to defend myself, you know? I always figure he's, he's my defense. He's my defense. Even growing up, you know, you can probably tell you know, I'm, I, I, I didn't make a career out of lifting weights, you know. I wasn't never the biggest kid in the block. But something I did have growing up is I was very close friends with some of the biggest kids in the block. And I grew up in North Minneapolis, you know, and it was a relatively rough neighborhood. I didn't think of it that way. I just thought of it as being home. But, but growing up, I remember I had a friend I had a couple friends that were big, but one in particular who, who had a reputation in town of, of don't mess with him. And I remember walking home even one day specifically, 
And, and these two guys who were considered in, in our neighborhood, they're considered to be bullies. Does every neighborhood have people like that? That I remember they, 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 they crossed the street right in front of me to get in my path, and, and uh, they were going to mess with me. But all of a sudden, one of them looked and recognized me and said, hey, that's, that's John's friend. And Jack, if you're listening, you're just as tough, okay? But uh, anyway, <laughs> one of them said, hey, that's John's friend. And that's all he needed to say. And both of them just took off and ran the other way. And I went, yeah. No, I went, I went home. <laughs> But it wasn't me. I'm not sufficient in myself. But he's my sufficiency. You may not be sufficient in yourself either. But you're friends with the one who is. And the devil sees you and he doesn't run because of you. He runs because of who you're connected with. Galatians 2 and 16. Is this okay today? We're just cracking this open this morning because I really believe this is important stuff to talk about. I believe this is timely things to talk about. Wow. Galatians 2.16, it says, Knowing that a man is not justified by the works of the law, but by faith in Jesus Christ. Even we have believed in Christ Jesus that we might be justified by faith in Christ, not by works of the law, for by the works of the law no flesh shall be justified. What am I saying when I read this verse? I'm saying you're not standing in all the things you've done right. You're standing in the one thing, and that's that he did it right. I'm not telling anybody to go sin so grace can abound. And in fact, if you're not preaching this stuff hard enough and close to the truth, the Apostle Paul did that, and that's what they accused him of. Are, they, are you telling us, Paul, that we should sin so grace could abound? Apparently, he was pushing grace pretty hard. I'm going to push grace hard because it's the gospel. It's the gospel. It's keeping our eyes fixed on him. It's not, even when I do things right, which occasionally happens. I can't go around puffed up because I did it right. I put my eyes on Jesus because it's only because of him. When the devil comes, I don't say, and he tells me that I'm not worthy. He'll throw a thought at me, and he does this. He'll throw a thought at me just like, like the centurion had. You're not worthy to even come in. The, it might not even be Jesus. It might be coming to church or something. You know? Just something like that. I don't sit there and say, yeah, well, I read the Bible last week every day and I prayed for three hours. Whoopee. That is not my defense. No. I stand and I say it's because of Jesus. It's because of what he did for me. That's what I stand in. I'm not justified by good works. I'm justified because I have faith in Jesus. 
in what he did. Hebrews 4.16, you knew I'd read this. It says, therefore, let us come boldly to the throne of grace, that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Folks, you've been made worthy. You've been made worthy. You see, knowing you've been made worthy, knowing that he values like that, it'll cause you to walk in a higher place with him. This is the kind of stuff, I'm telling you, this is the kind of stuff that builds you up on the inside so that when negative thoughts come, when sin tries to tempt you, this is the kind of stuff that blasts those things away. You know, it's the kind of stuff that turns you into a super bug light. And when the enemy comes with all his little nagging thoughts, he comes by you, you go, psst. They hit you and they go, psst. Because there's power in this. There's power in keeping your eyes on him. Not on you, not on me, on him. Did I read the Passion Translation? I'm going to read it again if I did. It says, Now we come freely and boldly to where love is enthroned to receive mercy's kiss and discover the grace we urgently need to strengthen us in our time of weakness. So I'm, I'm giving this just as a, as a point of, of right thinking. This is an example of right thinking. Right thinking is this. I've been made right with God because of what Jesus did for me. I can stand boldly in his presence. I can come before him like I don't have any sense of guilt or shame, like I never did anything wrong. I can run to him even when I'm in trouble, even when I've blown it. I don't run from him. I run to him. And he's there to hug me and to pull me in. And that, that strengthens me. That en enables me to stand in the midst of a storm. You get what I'm talking about? Isaiah 55, I'm just going to read a couple verses here. 6 and 7. It says, Seek the Lord while he may be found. Call upon him while he's near. I'm going to tell you, he's near. Let the wicked forsake his way and the unrighteous man his thoughts. Isn't that interesting? Let him return to the Lord and he'll have mercy on him and to our God and he'll abundantly pardon isn't that interesting? The wicked forsake their way and the unrighteous man his thoughts. What you think about makes a difference. Thoughts matter. Do you hear me? Thoughts matter. Now don't get condemned. Again, if, if you've had a bad thought come into your head, all you're telling me is you're human. Everybody has bad thoughts come into your head. Okay? Everyone does. The difference is, is we don't let them stay. Do you hear me? We don't let them, we don't say, hey, there, there's the easy chair. Sit in that one. Put your feet up. Let me get you a nice tea or a hot tea. It's cold out. Let me give you a hot tea. Make yourself at home. No, we don't do that. We say, no, I resist you. You've got to go. This is the truth. Jesus paid the price for me. I'm free. Isaiah 58, 55, 8, and 9, reading on, it says, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, nor are my ways your ways, saith the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than yours, and my thoughts than your thoughts. So, again, this is not, eh, you know, you dummy. 
This is to say this. I guess we need to put on a new thinking cap as Christians. Being born again is the beginning. But walking out our salvation, this is how we do it. We choose right thoughts. Whatever situation you're in today, you know, say, take charge of what you're thinking. Examine the thoughts that are coming into your head. Don't be condemned if you've had bad thoughts come, but replace them with good ones. Replace them with what the Bible says about your situation, what the Bible says about you. Even if it doesn't feel like it, even if it doesn't look like it's doing any good, hold fast. Keep your eyes fixed. Set your mind. Set your mind on Him. I keep my mind set on Him. Set on Him. Well, I'm going to pray. Let me do this first. We've got a couple questions. Let's bring them up and we'll, we'll do that. And then I'm going to pray. One is... How do you recognize wrong thinking? Think about it. Talk about it. Number two is who do you resist? How do you resist wrong thinking? Again, you think about that this week and talk about it. Hey, thanks for tuning in today. I hope this message was a blessing to you. Yeah, hey, we just wanted to give you the opportunity as well to partner up and plug in to the church uh, by giving. So if you would like to be a part of that and help make this all possible, you can do so by going to wearelovechurch.com slash give. You can also plug in, stay in the loop with what's going on at the church via our Instagram and Facebook platforms. So love y'all. God bless you.